I mean, if you want to talk about like mental health as a human being, I think not having something in your life that engages that flow state that engages that fulfillment and that like sense of meaning and yeah, fun too. But I think in today's day and age, we have no issue finding fun, right? It's pretty easy to find things that are fun. It's much more difficult to find something that makes you feel like you're coming completely alive. And did I know, like when I first started that I'd be trying to break a record on climbing hundred peaks? Absolutely not. I had no clue it existed, but that's yeah. the point. You're preparing for opportunities that you can't see yet. You, you have no clue the opportunities that will present themselves to you. You have no clue the world that exists out there until you start putting the work in. And then suddenly you go, wait a minute, this exists and maybe it's possible for me. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Run the Riot podcast. And today we've got Mr. Jason Hardrath. Um, for those of you that have been listening to the show for a while, in episode number 63, he was on, and man, had a blast. If you haven't heard that episode, I highly recommend it just to get background on this guy. And dude, I, li- I re-listened to it before we had this interview. So many nuggets, so much encouraging, challenging words. Uh, man, Jason is such an awesome guy. And this episode is more of the same. So uh, when we talked to him last, Jason had been, uh, he'd just been doing FKTs and trying to get to a hundred FKTs and he was at 89. Well, he's reached a hundred and he surpassed it. And for number a hundred, 100, he did a, a, this massive 50 day effort on climbing the largest peaks, uh, in Washington. So man, I'm not going to tell you too much now. You're going to have to listen so much, um, so much to just, just to glean from this so much, uh, about life, man, about just, just being challenged and, uh, love the conversation with Jason. He's a well-spoken guy. I want to encourage you to listen to it and then be looking out for the documentary that was made about this effort and, and about his life that's going to be coming out. And I'll be posting some, some links and, and, um, and, and letting you guys know when that comes out. But man, great conversation. Before we get started real quick though, um, man, we've got to talk about our amazing sponsors first. Exoskin. Man, great products made in the USA. You heard me talk about them before. My favorite are the exo toes and the calf sleeves. But man, they've got arm sleeves, the shorts. Love the shorts too. Uh, the tights, the shirts, uh, they even have exo underwear, some liners to keep you from chafing. Uh, man, the, the fabric is, is, is full of awesome technology. Uh, it helps keep you chafe free, helps wick away moisture. Awesome. Go to www.exoskin.us and use the code run the riot, R U N T H E R I O T for a discount. And man, you get a 30 day money back guarantee. You know, if you don't like it, you send it back within 30 days. And we are also brought to you by the Full Moon 50K. Great race in Perryville, Arkansas. Awesome race, especially if you're going to do Arkansas Traveler. It's a good way to get to know the area. It's the same start finish. It goes in a different direction, but great race. It's at night. It's in the summer, so you got to be at night because it's hot and humid. But boy, it's good training, good people, just a good time, a great atmosphere. To sign up, go to fullmoon50k.com. And if you use the code RTR2021, and that stands for Run the Riot, RTR2021, you get 10% off. How cool is that? All right. And 
this year there's a they've added not only a 25k and a 50k, but there's also a 50 mile for the first time. So um, yeah, you want to run 50 miles in the heat and humidity? Test yourself. Yeah, come on, let's do it. I might be doing it. We'll see. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> uh, proceeds from the race go to the Logan Wilcoxon Memorial Fund. That that helps to, to to for awareness and to help stop the stigma dealing with suicide and also the Arkansas Ultra Running Cross Country Fund that helps high school cross country teams uh, fund equipment purchases in areas of a large concentration of low income students. So man, you get to go run a race with some awesome people and then you get to give to these awesome organizations that are helping you know helping people to be better people. Yeah, and we're also brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. Check it out. Uh, you know they're great. Go to www.outlaw100.com. Flat Rock Triple Crown, Lake McMurtry Run, Flower Moon, Dark and Dirty, Thunderbird. Thunderbird's coming up. Outlaw 100, and it's got the 135 in there. All great. Just do it. Just sign up for them. You, you're going to be in the in the Oklahoma area um, or South Kansas, or you want to come and visit, check these races out. You won't regret it. And we're also brought to you by Runner's World Tulsa. If you're in the Tulsa area, and go to Runners World Tulsa. They have everything you need. You need information. They got information, you know, but you need anything that has to do with running. Man, they've got it. And uh, if you're not in the area, you want to see what they're about, go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com. All right, dude, get ready for this podcast because it's awesome. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Jason Hardrath. Well, Jason, how's it going, man? David, I can't complain. Life's pretty good. Busy day, back in school, but living the dream. <laughs> All right. Well, see, we're on. I'm in education too. We're on break right now, so uh, you know, I'm 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 not in school. <laughs> well, aren't you lucky? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, how's it going, man? Uh, PE's treating you well. PE's treating me well. Got got a few stories to share with the students. They've been they've been pretty excited to see what their PE teacher did over the summer. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been a good year so far. All right. Well, man, I had to look back last time you and I chatted was like December, December of last year. And, uh, you were FKT in it up. You were at, I believe like 89 or something like that, you know, on that road to a hundred. And so, uh, a little bit's changed since then you've made some progress. So, uh, so man, tell me what's happened since, since December. Yeah, uh, quite a, quite a, quite a bit. You know, obviously I covered the ground with, uh, another, what, 11, 11 FKTs. And, yeah. uh, then for number 100, I climbed the 100 tallest peaks in the state of Washington known as the Bulgers list. Okay. So, all right. So I went back and I listened to our last chat and I want to encourage everybody to go back and listen. Cause man, you, you, it was good. Like you, you, we talked about some, some, we talked about FKTs, but we talked about some good life stuff, man. And it, it was great. I was in, I was encouraged by going back and listening to it. It was, it was good. But, um, so you did all these FKTs, you've been working on it and it started like in 2018. And, you know, I would, I would think, you know, I want to hurry and get that hundred, you know, so I'm going to do something that's maybe that's a gimme maybe or something that, you know, might be a little bit challenging or a little bit, you know, bump it up a little bit. But, dude, you went and you did a, it was swung a swung for the fences. You swung for the fences. Swung for man. the fences, baby. So, like, so <laughs> like, I'm just thinking you 99 of them and like this chance for failure. 
on this last one, like get yourself hurt or something. But you did the hundred. I mean, I never heard of it until, until you know, until we uh, were setting up for this. I hadn't heard of this FKT. And so it's the hundred highest peaks in Washington. Dude, the the logistics of it. I mean, I don't know what, what made you choose to do that. Just go, we, we asked this at the last one. Why, man? <laughs> why? Um, yeah, exactly. Why? Um, well, the, the silliest reason is that 100 peaks for a 100th FKT had almost a silly poetic ring to it. Yeah. yeah. Like how, how stupid would that be? Um, <laughs> and, uh, stupid. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, beyond that, like I, I, you know, we're both in education, you know, there's, there's something in my mind that like understands the structure of like, you build a course into like this final examination, examination, this cumulative test. And when I came across this Bulger's list, it was route finding and orienteering and glacier travel and fifth class rock climbing and backcountry bushwhacking and just all this logistical challenge. I'm like, this is everything I've ever faced in any individual other FKT yeah. But it's all dialed to 11 and all back to back to back to back to back. So it was like, ah, I, I think this is it. This is the this is the final exam. Like, let's see if we pass or flunk. Dude, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, I, and as I as I as I looked at it and, and, and what it entailed. So, I mean, I know last time we talked about your 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 ADHD and your laser focus. How much how much planning did you you know, did went into this before you just started? Cause you can kind of, kind of just start maybe hit a few, but like, how much did you, did you have it dialed into where you knew what peaks when pretty much, or did, are you feel, felt kind of changed it along the way? Absolutely. It was, this was like six months of front end planning on this okay. one. It was, it was a lot of front end. I had to come cause I I'd only ever climbed two of the peaks before oh, 90, 98 of the peaks were on site climbs that I'd never climbed. And only four of these peaks have trails that go to the top, right? These that's how rugged and remote these are four out of the 100 actually have trails. The rest you're finding your own route up the mountain. You're, you're figuring it out based on other people's trip reports and photos, old guidebooks, you're putting together like, okay, the way people climb this mountain is like this. Um, and so there was a huge amount of front end work on this one. Like, okay, what, what mountains go together? What GPX files can I find of people who've climbed before? How can I map all this? So I know where I'm going. How do the peaks group up? Like, you know, do these three peaks go together efficiently or is there a giant, like, fifth class chasm that will take hours to traverse like, Oh wait, don't yeah. do that. Don't do that fourth peak here. Come from the other side for that fourth peak. Cause it, <laughs> it'll be faster. Like things like that for a hundred different peaks. Um, so it was like a huge amount of front end planning. And yeah, I had it dialed to the point that I knew what peaks I wanted to be climbing when, but I also had them grouped up because I knew I could face like fire closures or weather issues. Mm. And I would need to understand the peaks as sort of like, sets, if you will, yeah. like, like what peaks belong on the same expedition together. And then I could move those around like chess pieces. If I ran into weather or road closures or a fire that was cropping up. And that's one thing that actually happened. A fire broke out right next to highway 20 and closed highway 20. And I lost about a half a day. Cause I had to drive around it instead of being able to drive the 15 minutes to the trailhead I wanted. And, um, I had to like rearrange some peaks. I'm like, okay, I need to move this group of three right to the front. Cause they're close to the fire. And if the winds shift the wrong way, they could get closed. Like this could turn into, you know, a fire closure area. So I yeah. like climbed all those with a fire raging, like 20 miles away, 15 miles away. 
um, just billowing smoke up in the air. I'm like, well, I got to do these now. I got to do them now. Like, <laughs> even though crazy. it's like gross to yeah. breathe this stuff, uh, I got to get it done. Um, so yeah, like understanding it to the degree that I knew how to move different, like chess pieces around that were groups of mountains and which ones were standalone. Man, that's great. And, well, and then, yeah, like you said, the, the smoke and stuff, because I was out there, uh, I, I, I DNF Bigfoot and um, and it was hotter than usual. And, and we had smoke and just that 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 combination of the heat and the just the smoke being out there, you know, the haze and everything from the fires. Man, that makes it tough. It adds a whole level of. I don't know, just the whole level of yuck to it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair way of describing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man. And so, um, and and I read, I was reading on the FKT side, this guy was, it was, uh, did a a, kind of an explanation of what you were doing. And that's what he said. Like only four of them have actual trails. And so I can't imagine, like you said, bushwhacking, climbing, because part of our conversation last time was on, I mean, really like dialing in, uh, you know, some of your FKTs are like some some pretty good climbs. I mean, like, they're you know, legit climbs and some tough things that you really have to like practice on and all that. And you've done I know a lot of them. You said you would go practice on it before you did the attempt. Well, that's the opposite of what you did. I mean, you did your homework, but how hard were, were some of these? So uh, in, in terms of, say, like, uh, let's jump into just let's put glaciers and, and route finding and let's put bushwhacking aside okay. let's just let's just deal with say the rock climbing so you've okay. got your classifications there's like class one is easy trail walking class yeah. two is like your rough technical trail or a bit off trail class three is a place where most people are going to start putting their hands down to like get over small boulders and there's a chance of small falls but most likely you're not going to end up in the hospital from right. those falls like maybe you're going to end up in the hospital with some bumps and bruises or a broken bone but you're not going to end up dead for sure yeah and yeah. then fourth class is where you cross that line from like ser- like into serious hospital and or death if you mess up yeah. and then fifth class is where it's like oh you're almost guaranteed to die <laughs> and um a lot of terrain on a lot of these peaks went into the fourth class terrain and uh. at least seven different peaks um, had fifth class terrain, um, that I was spending time on. So a ton of fourth class, um, loose third class where it's like chassis and, and stuff is breaking loose and falling around you. Um, and then off, uh, and then some fifth class as well. So like, yeah, there's this element that I had to come to understand the routes I was climbing on. And I had to take my best guess based on pictures what that style uh, and how, how difficult a fifth class, because fifth class has its own ranking system. Yeah. Um, the Yosemite decimal system, you know, you've got like five, one through five, fours, like really easy holds, really easy climbing, but high consequence terrain. Yeah. Um, it is true. It's true rock climbing. Like most people want a rope somewhere yeah. between third and fourth class. Yeah. Like you're not even into fifth class. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with the exposure and how cliffy it is. So fifth class, it's like, it's easy holds, but it's for real. Like you, your, your toes are on ledges and you're like looking over your shoulder and the world is dropping away underneath <laughs> you. And yeah. so, so like one, one of the climbs I chose to do that was an efficient way up uh, Goody mountain was the Northeast buttress. And it was like 1800 feet of fifth class continuously. So just like climbing for hours yeah. uh, with, you know, just footholds and handholds and it was all easy climbing, but it's yeah. like, at any point in that 1800 feet, if I'd messed up, like it would have been a long ways down. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I knew I was fully capable of all the moves because the mm-hmm. grade 
the grade was easier than what I'd rehearsed climbing long distances on without a rope on a lot of these other shorter things that I'd done individually. Um, so I knew, I knew I, I had both the mental composure and the physical fitness and skills to properly execute these things, even in a state of fatigue. And so I, that's how I kind of did it is like, I looked, I analyzed very closely, like, okay, what do these peaks have? One of the peaks had something that like normally, like I wouldn't consider, but it was only a two move boulder problem at a grade that was above what I would normally let myself climb Mm. without a rope. And so like, I got all the beta I could from other climbers and from trip reports, like, okay, it's a hand jam and then a refrigerator, like hugging move. And then you hook a foot around the corner and you throw a hand up to this bomber handhold at the top. I'm like, okay, I've basically, I've got to hold sustained, like difficult moves for all of two moves and then I'm through it. Um, and so it's like, okay, I'll be, I'll, I'll find a way through that. Um, so just like knowing each of these mountains to, to a degree that it's like, okay, I, I, I've never seen it in person before, yeah. but I know I'm capable of handling what I am going to face when I get there. Wow, man, that, that, that's, that's really cool. I mean, and having it, uh, I don't know, just do your homework like that, you know, and, and know it. And, um, uh, yeah, you gotta have the, you gotta have it dialed in and you make sure you're carrying whatever you might need and, and you know, I don't know, mentally and physically, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Gear mentally, physically, all of it. Um, and you know, it's like I, a lot of them, I had a, a climbing partner. So I was like ready. We were ready to be able to throw a rope out if we needed it. Uh, yeah. luckily this kid that ended up partnering with me, um, Nathan Longhurst, phenomenal kid. Like if people aren't following him, go look him up and follow him. Um, he's going to do some amazing stuff. He's only 21 and he climbed uh, 65 of these things with me during wow. my effort. Um, so just a crusher kid. And he's, he climbs five thirteen uh, as a rock climber, which is that's getting into like the, like really tough grades that not yeah. many people make it to. So like, what was nice is I have a really high risk tolerance. Cause I've specifically like trained myself to like, keep my head together and all that, even when I'm like feeling fear. Um, and then he's just a super strong climber. So we were able, a lot of times on fifth class terrain, we're both like, Hey, you feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Let's keep cruising. And so we never pulled the rope out, uh, but we were, we were like prepared, right. It wasn't like yeah. we were up there and like, we didn't bring anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then on glacier travel, we very much made sure we, we traveled like with a rope out so that we could arrest falls and rescue each other. If a crevasse broke open, um, which is a whole nother element, right? It's like, you've got these mountains, you've got, you've got to orienteer out to them. You got to follow, follow the GPS and like, make sure you've got duplicates so that you don't end up screwed. If you break your watch on a rock or yeah. you know whatever. Um, and you're out there, you're, you're orienteering your way through not many people know this, but Washington is the only temperate rainforest in the world. Huh. Um, it's considered a temperate rainforest. It's okay. super thick. There are times where you can't see your own feet below you. You can't see three <laughs> feet in front of you. And you're going to be like, okay, we're going to be doing this for the next four hours or five hours, not knowing yeah. where we're going. Like you've got to be able to hold a proper line and a proper bearing. Yeah. Um, so it's like these things aren't messing around. So when, 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 you know, people, bring up like the stats, it's like 869 miles, 411,000 feet of elevation gain for the whole thing. It's like, yeah, but it's, it's a, it's different than if you're on a trail or on a road. Um, this is a different degree of 860 miles, <laughs> man. I, so, you know, thinking about, I was thinking about this and just the orienteering. Cause you know, I do the trail running and it's, but it's, there's all I'm looking for flags. I'm looking for, you know, I'm looking for markers and stuff like that. And, and that, man, that's, 
yeah, that's a whole other level of, you know, I'd go to attempt some of this stuff. You know, I wouldn't unless I knew what I was doing. But, you know, remember that guy that used to have the podcast? <laughs> he, went, he, he went up on the mountain. He never came down, you know. But uh, no, man, that's that, that's super impressive. And um, the remoteness, um, you know, me when I went to Washington for the first time this past, I was I guess uh, I knew, but I didn't know there, there's some pretty remote uh, areas. My wife just to crew me was having to drive through some stuff, you know, to crew me. And that, and that was still areas that you can get to roads. And so, I mean, I can't imagine, um, we y'all having to do like major, uh, you know, park and, uh, what's the longest hike you had to get before you even started your climbs. Um, there was a day where we left the car for seven days to coordinate, uh, what was it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine peaks, nine peaks. And it took seven days. There was a, a couple of 40 mile ferry rides in there just to get in. Um, oh, and then, yeah, did this big loop, uh, connecting various peaks and then had to catch the boat back out, um, to, to the van. So yeah, there, there were some big pushes. There were some, some big backcountry experiences way out in the, in the, in, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Well, because I'm kind of ignorant of some of this stuff, but what are you, what are you bringing for, for food? And I guess you're filtering water and stuff like that. Huh? Yeah. The cascades are called the cascades for a reason. There are yeah. cascades of water everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So never had to carry water very far. Never really brought more than a two liter carrying capacity because oh, uh, I, okay. I knew, knew what I was getting into. Um, almost never really had to filter a few times when I was down lower, um, okay. I would filter from, you know, like a lake or whatever. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, drank right off the mountains up high in the Alpine, um, which is always an awesome experience. We called yeah. it, call, we called them the mountain fountains. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So as far as food, um, anytime I would get back to the van, um, obviously it would be a free for all, like covering Oreos with Nutella and just like pounding an entire pack of Oreos and then like eating an entire thing of jerky and then ordering two burgers and a breakfast from a place, you know, just eating as much food as I could possibly consume in yeah. the time I wasn't moving. Cause I mean, sometimes I would be out there a short day would be like 11 hours of moving yeah. time. And yeah. And a long day would be sometimes 22 hours of moving time. And it's yeah. like when you're moving that long, there's just no way, even if you're eating the whole time you're moving, your body can output more than it can process digestively. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, there was no way I wasn't going to be burning fat and burning muscle tissue on those super long days. Um, so it just was this game of like, anytime I'm not moving, I have to be eating, which then you're like, well, but I also have to sleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So there, there were definitely some, you know, especially those 20 plus hour days. It was like, I was writing, I had to sprinkle those in sparingly because I was writing a check. My body couldn't cash. Right. It's like, yeah. those are going to add up and catch up. Um, so that was part of how the chess game worked too. It's like, okay, this push is going to have some really big days. Like how do I sequence those days? So it kind of goes big, small, big, small, big, small in some mm. way. Um, which is difficult to do when you're dealing with like backcountry. Um, but yeah, so when I was out there, I mixed gnarly nutrition in with my, uh, water supply so yeah. that I would have, uh, the maximum number of calories. My body could be processing there as well as electrolytes. And then, uh, they put some amino acids in their fuel to O product. So kind of like promoting that recovery and less mes muscle breakdown. Yeah. Um, 
beyond that, I would take like a protein shake every time I would get back to the car as well. Yeah. Um, just to add even more protein in the system to try to keep that muscle breakdown from happening. Um, while I was out there, I did my snack foods, uh, based on three things. I knew I would crave three things. One, I want, I would want something sweet cause I have a sweet tooth. So this could be, I, I probably should have been sponsored by Snickers almonds. I, I must've <laughs> yeah. eaten that. I'm still, I'm still finding wrappers tucked in <laughs> random places. Nice. Like, why is there a Snickers wrapper in the shoe? What was I thinking when I stuck <laughs> it in the shoe? Um, and yeah, so Snickers awesome. all the time. Um, I would bring, you know, gummy worms and, you know, any candy you can think of just, uh, if, if it exists, I probably ate it while I was out there. Um, then I would choose something crunchy because often whether it's savory or sweet, I tend to crave something crunchy at huh. some point while I'm out there. I just, I don't know. I like the crunch, I guess. Yeah. And so whether it was Fritos or like muddy buddies, you know, checks covered in peanut butter and, yeah. and, and powdered sugar, or, you know, it could have been anything as long as it's got that crunch rye chips. Um, so I brought those and then I would always bring something savory, whether it was salami or jerky mm. um, or any savory flavored item. And I would kind of rotate stuff out, but I would always have those three with me every time. Um, so that way, if I was like, oh, I'm sick of sweet, I could pull out the savory or the crunchy yeah. um, and vice versa. So is uh, is Rice Krispie Treat, is that considered crunchy? Or is that, you Ooh, know, that's right. That's right on the edge, right? Yeah. It's like, I mean, I got, and it's good mm. as calories, man. It's good. <laughs> I definitely, I mean, I definitely ate a few. I just, yeah. I don't know which category they were in when I was out there. Probably, probably the crunchy category just because there's something different. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I discovered that and I, I take those on a lot of runs, man. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, so when I'd imagine, you know, when you've, when you've got a big push, you've got to make sure you had to make sure that especially those hard climbs, those, those, those fives. And, and, uh, when you were going to be having to really concentrate that you weren't like toast already from, you know, hitting some other things or having a hard day the day before or whatever, you had to make sure that, you know, you hit those pretty fresh just to be sure. Right. Yeah. Try as much as possible. Tried yeah. to try to move the most dangerous stuff. Um, like early in the day. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there was a couple of times where, you know, I think of, uh, when we did Martin Bonanza dark, that ended up being a, those are three different peaks in the same space. And it ended up being one of those 22 hour days. Um, yeah. one of the longest days of the whole thing. I had one other day that went 23 hours. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I had a 22 hour day pushing those three peaks. And so we did Martin first, cause it was the closest to where we'd just come down from copper. Um, this is near Lake Chelan for those who don't know Washington very well. Um, and so we did Martin to get it out of the way first. And then we knew we wanted to go up Bonanza, which is, uh, you had to go across some fourth class waterfall slabs, which are just like they sound it's waterfall yeah. coming down the rock. The rock is wet and you are climbing oh, it and it's high consequence terrain. And then after you cross the waterfall slabs, you have some fairly steep glacier travel um, where you have to switch back around some, some bergstrunds, some crevasses that could swallow you up. So yeah. we roped up and we wove our way through the, through the crevasses. And then after you get across the moat from, from the snow and ice onto the rock, then you have uh, just shy of a couple thousand feet of like low fifth class, high fourth class rock climbing to yeah. get up to the summit of Bonanza. And Bonanza is the tallest um, non-volcano of all of the cascades in, mm. in the state of Washington. And so you tag that summit and, you know, it's like, sweet, this is like, awesome. That was amazing climbing, amazing glacier travel, beautiful views. You're, you're above all these other peaks around you. 
And then we like look at our watches and we're like, oh, like it's getting kind of far onto the day now. And one of the one of the big cruxes of this project was what's called the Bonanza Dark Traverse. Um, and it's this razor ridge line, you know, so this the a, a drop off on either side, like yeah. air under your feet. <laughs> making rock climbing moves kind of pivoting over the top. You think of like, if you imagine your the back of your couch was at 9,000 feet above sea level oh, and you, you were just like <laughs> grabbing the back of your couch and pivoting over the top of this, this drop off on either side. And then occasionally making a, a few rock climbing moves up and down on small holds or big holds. And so we knew we had this, this mile plus of ridgeline that we had to traverse and everything we'd read about it said, this takes six hours. It took us six hours. Oh, our team took six hours. <laughs> and it's like, we look at our watches. It's like, we don't have six hours of daylight left. Yeah. And I don't want to be climbing with <laughs> thousands of feet of air below me in the dark. Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> um, man. So we just like get in go mode and just like, you know, the first moves were like a little shaky, like how chassis is this rock? Cause yeah. some reports are like, Oh, the rock is really bad. It's terrible. And so we're like, how bad is it? Like our holds just going to be peeling off right and left. Um, and luckily we find like, oh, you know what? Wherever the the ridge is the steepest, right? Where the terrain is the most difficult, the rock yeah. is also the most solid. Nice. Um, so it's like, all right, here we go. We just start getting in a flow state, getting in a rhythm, just like, you know, our skills match to the challenge. We just flow, pedal to the metal. And anytime it's like it widens out and it's like a, a walkway on the top, it's like run, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, just nice. like yeah. go for it. Yeah. And we, we end up doing the whole thing in three hours and 15 minutes oh, and holy smoke. get across, get across yeah. to this other summit before dark. But then, you know, we're on dark summit as it's getting dark yeah. and we have to traverse like as the waning light is happening, right? Sunset and waning light, which is beautiful. I have a video of it on my Instagram of the two of us, like walking with just this beautiful, like backlit color. Um, and we have to traverse this glacier down, um, the dark glacier and then get over a coal and then do this heinous, like 5,000 feet of vertical and two miles downhill bushwhack. And at that point it's dark. It's like, you can't see anything. Um, so like you're, you're on these like pine needles on like super steep slope where occasionally your feet just go whoop, and you like slide <laughs> and catch yourself on a tree. Um, and then into like the really thick bushwhacking where you're just like crawling yeah, through it and you're like <laughs> fighting for your life, even though you're going downhill. Um, and that's what turned it into a super long day is it's like, oh, it's downhill. This should go pretty quick. And it's like, no, yeah. this is going to take four hours to go two miles. Yeah. Um, if it's so quick, just, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> if it's quick, it's bad. Yeah. And so what's fun about that one as well is we get down to the PCT. And I mean, you know how when when you're super focused and kind of that survival instinct is kicked in, yeah. you like you like can focus through getting tired, right? You can yeah. focus through. And so we're like focused through on this, you know, even on the bushwhack down, um, just kind of like, we've got, we got to send this, like we got to get down. This is important. And so we're descending down to the PCT and finally we hit the PCT and we, from our research, it was like, okay, we should have about seven miles to get to where our base camp's going to be. And my girlfriend had like hiked in with a backpacking backpack to set up a base camp for us to make it. So it was possible to resupply while we were out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, it's going to be like seven miles of trail walking now trail running. And you know, at that point we were running, like we were exhausted. Yeah, yeah. We're like 22 hours in, but you know, 
you know that feeling when you're driving down the road and you shouldn't be driving anymore because you start to get the head jerks yes and you start to like <laughs> lose touch with reality for a second and you're like oh i need to pull off right now yep. so it's that but while walking on your own two feet like you move your you move like the next step and set your pole down and suddenly you're like whoop and you're like you catch yourself <laughs> falling over. Um, so finally, like we try to push on, we make it maybe a mile and we're like, there's no way, like we're done. <laughs> Both of us are just falling asleep on our feet. We're moving at like 30 minute mile pace. Cause oh, it's man. like, we're falling asleep every other step. So finally we just nosedive into the dirt, you know, <laughs> spread our gear everywhere, grab out our ultralight bivy sacks. It's like, this is it. We're safe. We're going to be fine. We'll sleep. We have no food, you know, we're out, but like (laughs) supplies are exhausted. It's just like, whatever sleep face down in the dirt. We're done. Next morning. My, my girlfriend, Ashley comes walking up. She's awesome. She's awesome. She like starts making us coffee and making us some like dehydrated breakfast meals, you know, just like luxury. Right. And she goes, you guys realize you're only a mile and a half from camp, right? No, <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. So it's like she had like she'd like called in like air mattresses for both of us, oh, you know, like man. like the, the hiking pads, sleeping pads, and so we could have been like sleeping comfort plush, whatever. But you know what? It wouldn't have felt any better than that 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 dirt nap did. Like. Yeah. We were- gone we were passed out oh um, man that, that, that's hard to explain to somebody that hasn't been there that exhausted i, I experienced that running the you know 200s and and you just you're falling asleep while you're moving and it, it's the weirdest uh it's hard yeah you're just dozing off and stumbling and <laughs> zigzagging on the trail it's like <laughs> oh man that, and, and so so you guys camped out and you had more to more more you know, more peaks to tag to bag. Right. <laughs> yep. So then we, we slept and, uh, did it, did the approach another heinous uphill bushwhack to approach, uh, sinister and dark, no sinister and dome, excuse me, sinister and dome peak from the backside. Cause they, the main route for those had been closed due to a, a previous year fire. Okay. And they hadn't reopened it. And I'm like, well, I'm doing this thing publicly for a record. So I can't violate a land closure. Even if I think like I'm, you know, I'm this yeah. guy that's like willing to climb on fifth class terrain. I'm also willing to take the risk of walking through a previous fire closure where the main risk is like a tree might blow over. Yeah. Um, it's like, but it's like, I, I got to honor the closure. So we did this heinous backside approach from the PCT uh, from the East side um, to access those two peaks the very next day. Um, so yeah, pretty wild. It was just like this stuff, just back to back to back. <laughs> oh man. So were some of these like, like, like this particular one, was it stuff that like people hadn't traversed that, that, that approach, you know, or hadn't, hadn't done that before you just had to figure it out. It, it wasn't common. Um, okay. but a lot of it's been done for, I mean, you can, some of it's like way back, like you read it in Becky's accounts of climbing mountains, like, oh yeah, this one time I climbed this from this side and it was all right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> nice. like you hear these different reports and then you also like sift through information and find trip reports of people who tried to repeat it with this particular one, a guy was nice enough cause he needed to beg a sinister peak as well. And so he did dark from the other side, which would have been our other option was to yeah. come all the way around to do dark instead of doing that crazy bonanza dark traverse that I talked about. Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to do that traverse cause it's epic. And, mm-hmm. um, he just went in and he needed to tag dark. And so he went up and down dark the way we went down. Yeah. And then he went and did just sinister, um, from the East side. 
Um, and I think he almost did it like as a, as a nod to me ahead of time. Cause he did it before I did yeah. like just to go like, see that it goes. So I could have that confidence. That's cool. I think, you know, he both needed the peak himself, but yeah. also like, it was like, Oh, this guy's coming. Like, I'll just go ahead and do it. Um, and then he was able to like, send me, send me his information. Like, Oh yeah. Like I found that the bushwhacking was really bad till you got to, you know, 4,800 feet. Then it kind of eased off. And then by the time you're above 6,000, it's Alpine. So I could kind of know what was coming instead of, you know, that when you're in the middle of the, you know, rainforest, it's yeah. like, it, you're like, it's never going to end. This yeah. is it. This is my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. No, man. So uh, I'm listening to these names, dark, sinister. It's like, it sounds, sounds fun. You know, it's, yeah. Just a dainty good time. Oh man. No. So what, what's the, what are the, uh, what's the range of uh, altitude of, of, of these, the top hundred peaks? Uh, at the very bottom, you have two peaks tied um, at 8,320 feet. Okay. And those are Tupshin. And oddly, Tupshin is one of the hardest ones to get to the top of. It has some of the hardest rock climbing. It's not oh. very far, but yeah. it's like really exposed, thin holds, fifth class climbing. Um, and then it's tied with uh, a walk up mountain, Flora. Um, Flora is the other one at 8,320. Okay. And then the tallest one is Mount Rainier at 14,441, I think is what they agree the height is right now. Okay. Um, so you've got quite a range. And then you've obviously got these peaks that are, um, you know, true, like the North Cascades mountain ranges where you've yeah. got all these moraines and all these features and ridges. And you're like, navigation is really difficult because it's really easy to get pulled up the wrong goalie or to climb when you shouldn't and then, or descend when you shouldn't, and then mm. end up having an extra 2000 feet of oh, vert, wow. vert or more for that day. Cause you went the wrong way and you can kind of stuff looks a certain way from one angle. Like, you know, so often on this trip, you'd look across and be like, that's the way I'm supposed to go, but there's no way that goes. There's no way that Ridge or that goalie goes. It's way too steep or way too technical. And then you walk, you know, you just got to trust and walk toward it. And when you get over there, you're like, Oh wait, I can see the line. Oh, and it's man. constant, just constantly like that. Like every time you look ar around the corner, you're like, I'm supposed to go there. Um, so it's really, really treacherous and fool fooling terrain. Um, and so you've got that when you're in like the North Cascades, you're in, in the Cascade range. And then you've got these volcanoes, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that are just these massive, like glacier covered, um, just rising out, out of nowhere all by themselves. And you've got those like Rainier and Adams and St. Helens. Um, so it's like quite a variety of experience, yeah. um, over the, over the course of this thing for sure. So, so you're doing this thing, you got, you got some, you got a little bit, you got some help. You got your, you got your girlfriend helping, you got your, you know, your buddy, you know, doing a bunch of the peaks with you. And, um, you're also filming this, right. Or, or a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, so did a lot of, of filming just with whoever was climbing with me, um, with like a GoPro yeah. and by myself with a GoPro. Um, and then had to coordinate with a film crew a couple of times, uh, cause athletic brewing wanted to pull a story out of this cause they Sweet. thought it was super awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, had to coordinate with a film crew a couple of times and, you know, then they had to suffer along with me <laughs> as I'm like, let's keep the pace going with 40 pounds of camera equipment. <laughs> Nice. Um, I, I've, I've had to give those guys so much props cause they, they really, <laughs> they really had to endure a lot. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's a, a film and actually they just released the trailer, um, recently. I'll make sure you have that to put in the show description. Definitely. Um, definitely. and yeah, the world premiere is in park city, 
Uh, it's going to air with, uh, going to show with the Alpinist here on October 22nd. Um, okay. uh, I'll make sure that there's a link to that show as okay. well for you. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it'll be making some, uh, tours on film festivals and some screenings at different places, uh, here in the near future. And in February, there's going to be a big push, uh, and a release of the, um, digital version. So when people want to watch it at home. How cool is that, man? I, 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 you know, that you're doing this and you, I know you, you just, from talking to you before, you just, you just enjoy it. You like to put, you know, you, you just love it. It's, it's you. And but then you get to, you know, film it and have something put together to try to capture, you know, who you are and, and what you're doing. Um, man, that's, that's a, that's a cool souvenir, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, since I'm, I'm a teacher at heart as well, it's going to be such a cool tool to like both use to reach my students. Um, when I, when I talk about working hard, when I talk about putting in time, when I talk about believing in your dreams, all those things are going to be embodied in this film. Mm. Um, and I think that the team did a good job of capturing my heart and spirit there. Um, and so I'll have this tool with my students and, you know, it might allow me to, to speak some good into other people's lives too, too. And that's, that's what I'm excited about is a chance to, you know, cause like one part of me is like, I just want to go play in the mountains and I just want to go try hard and run yeah. fast and all that. But on the other side, it's like, I want all of these years. I mean, you can, you know, you can yeah. see the bib numbers up behind me here. I'm in my office and I've yeah. got 148 bib numbers hanging on the wall behind me for my students to like, see and be like, Whoa, that's, are all those yours? And I get to say, yeah, it's like making decisions about life and the life you want to live. Um, it's like, I might have a chance to, to speak some good into more people's lives. And that to me has value. I, I love that, man. I love that. It, how, uh, what, what, what grader do you teach again? What, I teach uh, kindergarten through sixth grade is are the classrooms I teach. I rotate, rotate through the elementary for PE. And then um, I also mentor some of the students because we're on a small campus where on the same plot of land, there's the elementary and the middle school and the high school. Okay. So I still maintain mentorship relationships with uh, high schoolers and middle schoolers who are my former elementary students. I, I love that, man. So, so when, when you're speaking to the kids about, about hard work, about, you know, you know, the, you put in the work and it, and it shows in the results and things like that, you've got like 10, I mean, you, you like you're, you're living it, you know, you're proving it, you're showing it, you're, and uh, you know, so like that, that's, you can't, uh, you know, talk is cheap, you know, so, <laughs> so you, 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 you know, you're out there doing it and you're going to have a film to show them. And, 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 uh, th- this huge FKT, you know, all the peaks, uh, all the, um, F, you know, all the trails that you've run as a testimony to that, you know, and, and they, you know, you can inspire them and hey, you can do this stuff. Just, just do it, you know, just, <laughs> Yep. No, absolutely. And I tell them, I tell them, you know, it doesn't have to be what I do. Like it doesn't have for you. It doesn't have to be mountains. It doesn't have to be running. It doesn't even have to be working out. Like you should work out and take care of your body because you're going to be better at whatever it is you care about if you're fit and and you keep a healthy body. But what comes down to is, are you working toward that thing that you really care about? Yeah. Are you, are you, do you have a system that supports you in place Mm. to move toward that thing? Um, cause if you, if you just have dreams and you're not doing anything that moves you toward them, like I didn't just dream about climbing a hundred mountains. Otherwise I would still just be dreaming. I put the things into motion that caused me to practice and grow skills and put the time in for the fitness and learn the nutrition and learn, learn how to do the logistics and do all these different things. 
to make it a reality. And did I know like when I first started that I'd be trying to break a record on climbing hundred peaks? Absolutely not. I had no clue it existed, but that's yeah. the point. You're preparing for opportunities that you can't see yet. Mm. And I tell them that all the time. It's like, you, you have no clue the opportunities that will present themselves to you. You have no clue the world that exists out there until you start putting the work in. And then suddenly you go, wait a minute, this exists and maybe it's possible for me. And that's what happened with the Bulgers list for me. It, it was, you know, I've built this skill set. I have this long resume of experience and yeah. memory of pushing myself in, in very difficult spaces to be in. And so when I was approached with the problem that no one had done before of trying to climb all of the boulders in, in, in under a season, I was like, yeah, that can be me. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't have had that response if I hadn't prepared myself and to be able to teach them that and be like, this is, this is the fundamental thing you're setting yourself up for is when that moment comes, you can go, yeah, it's supposed to be me. Mm. And that's, that's a cool moment. <laughs> Man, that's that that's good stuff. And and just for everybody listening, I'm sure they'll look it up, but you did it in what 50 days and 20 50 day, yep. 50 days, 23 hours, 43 minutes. Nice, down to the minute. That's cool, man. <laughs> that's <laughs> that that's awesome. No, and and you know, I I love I love that message because I, you know, there's I, I people all the time. I can't run that, I could never run that distance. I could never do that. And and you know, you could, you just have to, you have to work toward it. You've got to put in the work. You've got to do what it takes to, you know, I, there was a time where I couldn't go out and run a hundred miles, but I put in the work and did what it took to get there, you know? And, uh, so I just, so talking about your, your system, you know, you, you encourage them to have a system. So did you, I know you've been on this, you've just been doing these FKT after FKT, was it a lot of one preparing you for the next and even for this, this big push, or did you do any, uh, did you have to like for this one, kind of crank it up a little bit and like do some, some specialized training went before you started this. Tell me about that process. So, yeah, no. Um, I mean, I'd already been doing a lot of stuff that prepared me for something like this. Like I'd done long yeah. pushes when I did the infinity loops, just doing huge mileage and mountain terrain on glaciers, um, trail running, like to, to summit yeah. and circumnavigate these mountains during infinity loops. Um, so I'd done big days like that in yeah. mountain terrain. And then I'd done very specific run plus, uh, rock climbing efforts, um, yeah. to prepare for, and I just, I love that. That's, that's my jam. I love, I love the feeling of pulling onto an easy, moderate rock climb. Um, after running in, there's just a wonderful peace and calm and quiet. And I talk about that in the documentary that's coming out that just personally on a personal level, even if nobody else existed, I would love the quietness in my mind and the flow state that I experience when, when I pull into that, like, okay, every movement matters now. Mm, yeah. And just everything in my head goes quiet and I can feel the breeze and I can feel the texture of the rock. And I feel my muscles tensing as I'm moving into different positions to scale up the rock face. Um, I love that. Like I would do that regardless of all of this. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's important to remember as well. Like if you, you sure there should be empowerment, a sense of meeting up with your higher sense of values. And that's, that's what I've done right with yeah. pursuing these things is I've, I've wanted to build into this sense of empowering kids, this sense of being able to speak to communities around me in the rock climbing world um, about what's possible out here. 
Like I've turned it into something that is empowering, yeah. but beneath that, there's this importance for, for stuff to have a level of enjoyment. And I think enjoyment sometimes gets misinterpreted as just being fun. Yeah. Um, fun is one part of enjoyment, but another part is meaning and like fulfillment and, and joy when you're, you're doing something that makes you feel alive. And I mean, if you want to talk about like mental health as a human being, I think not having something in your life that engages that flow state that engages that fulfillment and that like sense of meaning and yeah, fun too. But I think in today's day and age, we have no issue finding fun, right? It's pretty easy to find things that are fun. It's yeah. much more difficult to find something that makes you feel like you're coming completely alive. Um, and so, yeah, you, you've got to have things in your life that do that. And this type of thing for me makes me, makes me come alive. I feel as I come up against that challenge mm -hmm. uh, of what I'm facing, I feel alive. And so I, I definitely like, even if nobody had even cared about this Bulger's effort, like I still would have pursued it just for me, yeah. but it's like, I know that it's bigger than that. And other people are noticing that it's bigger than that. Um, I kind of trailed off your question there, but yeah, oh, there's, good. so there's, there's, there's a degree of preparation and a degree mm -hmm. that the only reason this made sense as a choice was because of what I was already doing. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. So it's a little bit of both. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's how I'd answer that. Yeah. I'll leave it, no, I'll leave it there. No, that's good. That's good, man. That's good. And so, um, going through this, you know, you, you were ready, you were prepared physically, mentally and all that. You're, you know, basically your, your life, the last three years was prepared or even before that, but specifically three years when you're doing all these FKT attempts was preparing you for it. And then you go into it and you do this, this big push 50 days hitting on what did it do to your body? I mean, how did your body respond to it? I mean, did you lose weight? Did you do, did you notice some changes when you got to the end of that 50 days or were you able to kind of just, because you had done it so long, just kind of maintain and keep, keep trucking. So, um, in terms, in terms of, I guess I'll, I'll relate this really quick back to preparation. Yeah. Um, like one final thing I did in preparation uh, is I did a run plus solo at Smith Rock on on one day, and then the very next day, so like this high sprint speed, uh, like running hard up to this uh, five seven rock climb um, called Birds in a Rut. And so I went and did this thing like fast and hard, way harder climbing than more sustained. I shouldn't say harder. There were a couple moves that were harder in yeah. the boulders effort, but nothing as sustained difficulty as this uh, multi-pitch route at Smith rock. And so I go do this thing fast and hard, just empty the tank, max my heart rate out, found out like my heart can still do 202 beats per minute. <laughs> cool, nice. Um, <laughs> didn't expect that, but it, it did. Um, and it felt that way too. Yeah. Um, and then the very next day went out and did a 50 mile trail run for a different FKT, uh, mixed gender FKT with a, a, a couple of gals that wanted to do a, a mixed gender. I was like, cool, this is a beautiful trail. It was the McKenzie river trail. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, they wanted to do the out and back and we actually beat the fastest male time as well at the time sweet. when we did it. So it was a, a sweet, sweet little effort. Um, but like back to back with that, like hard six, seven mile effort with the rock climbing. Cause I was like, okay, I want to simulate, I want to simulate and see where my body's at with like, okay, climb hard, run hard, climb hard, and then go push super far to the next peak. Yeah. Like kind of a simulation. Right. Um, and that went pretty well. I was pretty happy. Like, obviously I hurt and it was hard to go fast through that 50 miles, but got through and kind of 
finished feeling about the same as when I started. Nice. Um, and it's like, okay, so this is kind of what I can expect. Now, when I got into the effort, uh, they talk about it, when you do through hiking in the mm. through hiking world, they talk about getting your trail legs Yeah. and usually it takes two to three weeks. So yeah. in, in my book, I, I always look at it like, you know, when you start a new workout routine, you get sore in like the first two, three days, right? 48 hours, 72 hours. Like there's that initial soreness and pain. Yeah. Then I find like, uh, I learned from cycling, uh, when I biked across the United States about seven days in, you get another one. Cause you have your, the soreness in your initial, like big mover muscles. Yeah. Cause they're like, Whoa, this is different work than we normally do. Then you have some stiffness in like the stabilizer muscles. Cause they're like, wow, we've been doing this a lot of days in a row in a way we don't normally hold our body in this position for so long. Yeah. Um, so you kind of get like a second soreness, like around seven days in, then you've got a window where stuff kind of stays all right through to about three weeks in. And that's when the overtraining syndrome issues want to want to start hit it kicking in. Right. So you, you start to have issues with appetite issues with sleeping issues with mood. Um, and you've got to like, try to navigate, like, no, I'm, I got to have a routine that keeps me sleeping. I've got to have a routine that keeps me eating. I've got to have a routine, right. Cause you've got to stay dialed. And so yeah. you've got to weather the storm through that, like three week period. And then you come out the other end of that. And if you haven't done anything to mess it up, <laughs> you get your trail legs. And so about wow. that point, like three weeks in 20, 20 something days in, um, like I'm starting to feel better. I've lost a ton of weight at this point. Um, yeah. cause like I said, you just can't eat enough. So I've, I'm probably down almost 20 pounds. I went oh, into wow. this thing purposely weighing a bit more than I like to. Okay. Um, so I, I went in weighing about 175 pounds yeah. and I was probably back down below 160, um, probably like 162, 163, yeah. probably like a, a five, 6% body fat. Wow. Um, so like super lean fighting weight, you know, like, yeah. like leaned out. Um, and then my appetite, like went back to full rage and I felt like I was a te- I felt like a teenager. I felt like a teenager again. Just like, scrubbing, like, man. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to eat the whole pizza. I'm going to eat the whole package of Oreos and cover every single one with Nutella. Um, you know, just, just raging appetite again. Um, and kind of just started feeling these, these littlest bits better than the previous days. Not yeah. a lot, like just microscopically better, but like, yeah. okay, cool. Like I'm in a rhythm now. Um, and so that was kind of like the big picture, like, how did it feel? Um, and then that stayed the same, um, you know, roughly give or take based on hard days, easy days or whatnot. Um, until I started the final push of the volcanoes because I decided to finish by coming South and hitting the volcanoes North to South. And it was like a, okay, here we go. (laughs) Like just as like the only sleep I get is on the drives between them kind of thing. Oh man! Uh, And so that got to be pretty brutal by the end. (laughs) Well, during the whole 50 days, did you take any zero days? Uh, I did have one true zero day. And then I had some days that I had to, that I made adjustments, um, where I was originally going to beg a peak that day. Yeah. And I was like, okay, just the body's thrashed. Let's just do the approach, sleep at the base and then do this set of mountains the next day. So I had, I had two, I believe two other times where I made a decision like that, where it's like, ah, man, I'm pretty messed up and this is a pretty technical peak. So I better play it safe and make the smart decision. Um, yeah, better be smart and, 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 
you know, and instead of do something crazy and, you know, trash yourself, you know, just, just be, be smart about it. And evidently you did it right. <laughs> I, I guess I made some right decisions. I mean, I can't assume, but I think, I think it went pretty well. I'm, I'm proud. I, the way I can, I keep coming to the language I come to for how to describe how I felt at the end of this was this sense of deep satisfaction over hard work well done. Mm, and that was good. the that was the repetitive phrase that sort of came to mind. It's just like, you know, it wasn't, you know, it's not like something super spectacular. It was just hard work well done. Yeah. Um that's good. And and you know that was what I wanted. I wanted to feel like I gave gave it my very best effort, which is, you know, it's weird like cuz when you're a kid, you think about your best effort, like being like a hundred meter sprint or something, right? Like it's yeah. every, everything you possibly have in the tank for the entire time. It's like, with something like this, it's like, you're going to get yourself killed. If like, you don't rest, if you don't make the right decisions. Right. Um, so like to, especially since I predicted uh, kind of a hopeful prediction that I could finish this in 50 days yeah. on the front end to have yeah. finished it in 50 days, 23 hours, 43 minutes. It's like, dang. Like That's, 50, 50 days of effort, a hundred peaks of effort, 870 miles with bushwhacking and glacier travel and rock climbing and all of it. And to have it come like where it still reads 50 days at the front of the phrase, like it's still 50 yeah. days, 23 hours, like to me, that's a win. Dude, that's some serious, <laughs> that's some deep satisfaction there, man. <laughs> uh, well, for people, I mean, so, you know, when you're running, when you're an ultra running, you're running trails, you do marathons or whatever, you know, when you get to a finish line, there's, you know, there's even at a, even at an ultra, there's something, you know, you cross a finish line, you get a buckle, you get a, a something. So you hit your last peak and like, you have to be like, I don't know, you have to have that for yourself because there's nobody hand. I mean, you, you have, I'm sure your, you know, your girlfriend's there, you you have friends or whatever, but you have to have, you know, that deep knowing that you did it because there's not a whole lot of outside, like right then and there, like, good job. Here's something. <laughs> you yeah, know? no, it, it was. And this is, this is the really big thing. And I mean, this is what I, I love about what I do is, you know, it's not like I'm doing it for the reward, right? It's like, I, I think I said this the last time we chatted, but I biked across the United States yeah. and I can still remember the moment the Atlantic ocean came into view, yeah. right? There was this, there was this feeling of elation, you know, this like being unbelievably stoked. I've done it. I've pedaled every pedal stroke of the yeah. entire, you know, United States that I grew up in. Like, this is amazing. And then the very next moment it was, Oh, but that means it's over. Like the oh. beautiful, simple life of waking up and pedaling East yeah. is over. Yeah. Um, and so I remembered, like I've logged that memory away because it's never about the finish line, right? right. We, we know this, like if you try to live for the finish line, like that's going to be a fleeting moment and then you're going to be depressed. Yeah. And so to me, that, and that's why I choose to chase mountains instead of say racing the big name races or something like that is this is where I get, like I described that feeling when I pull onto rock and I'm making those like high consequence movements like that to me it, in and of itself is worth it. And so to be able to create as many of those experiences strung together mm. as possible for the amount of time that I am alive on planet earth, like that's a great end goal. That's a great purpose to be like, okay, I'm going to go live all in on this stuff I care to be doing. Yeah. And 
And like, like knowing that all along, like being very aware, even though with an FKT, you're racing a clock, right? So it really, it really wants to bend your mind to be like, oh, it's all about finishing. It's all about finishing. That finishing moment's going to feel amazing. No, no, no. What's going to feel amazing is that you get to climb a hundred freaking peaks. (laughs) That's what's going to be. It's going to be the climbing of the peaks. That's amazing. Yeah. And like I reminded myself of that. And I really, at this point, I don't really have to remind myself. I just know that it's like, Oh, I can't wait till I get to pull onto the Northeast buttress of Goody mountain and have nearly 2000 feet of fifth class climbing. Like I know I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be epic. Um, so it's like, yeah, within this bigger project, it was just being completely absorbed with all the little sub problems and Mm -hmm. sub challenges of, of the greater project. And, and that's what it was about for me. Well, and, and you kind of you kind of answered the, the, the question, but, you know, when, when you especially a, a 50 day effort like this, you're all in you're you know, you're focused on it. And then so it's done. And so the this this 50 day effort's done, but it's also kind of the accumulation of all these FKTs you've done to get to 100. And so um, if you have that attitude, though, like, hey, this is just my life. I'm doing this in the middle of it. You know, this thing, then there's not like a sense of, oh, like what now? You know, <laughs> Exactly. Know? Yeah. It's like, I know I know what's coming next. I'll go out and do more things that I dream of doing and create more memories. Like this isn't a one off one off yeah. experience. Um, and actually, the, the the people that were there at the finish to, to experience me finishing like there, of course, because um, it came down to 17 minutes. Right. Yeah. Like, like when you 50 days, 23 hours, 40 minutes <laughs> means I had, I had 17 minutes left that I was racing down the final mountain, knowing I had this like tiny window of time. If I wanted to keep it under that next full day mark. And, you know, yeah. it's like silly. Like, why would you worry about that? But it's like, I want to worry yeah, about yeah, it. That's yeah, why yeah, I worry about yeah, it. Yeah. Cause that's so who like, I am. That's, you know who I am. <laughs> so, so I'm, yeah. I'm raging, I'm raging down the side of Mount St. Helens, just like oh, pounding. Like, I think I ran a, a you know, on, uh, you know, 800 and, you know, 60, whatever miles in I'm running like seven. I think I ran like one mile down at seven forty. That's, um, yeah, that's ridiculous. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like, just hauling down this thing for all I'm worth. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go under that next day, Mark. Yeah. Um, and so when I come through and like, I see that I got it, obviously it's just like, yeah, like, yeah. Ah. and then they were kind of blown away. Cause I went from that to just complete calm. Like I said, just that deep satisfaction. Yeah. Like hard work. Well done. That was awesome. Cool. <laughs> that's, great. that's great that's great well well let me ask you this because uh are you you i know you're you're kind of emo- like an emotional guy like like excitement and stuff like that but have you ever gotten like and then the listeners have heard this before but i just to explain it to you so like when i finished like 100 miles or, or, or efforts like that i've always been kind of like that yeah just like you know that that's that what you said hard work i put the work in i accomplished it yeah but when i did the tahoe 200 there was an extra you know, I was I was raw, man. And and when I heard the finish line, man, you know, my throat start I started dwelling. I was like, not yet, not yet. And when I crossed the finish line, man, there I got emotional, man. I got I got you know kind of teary, man. And I was like, oh, what's that? You know, did during any all of this, man? Did you, did you get emotional like oh, that? Oh, absolutely, okay, absolutely. Right. Um, I I had a real emotional rough spot right around what I mentioned the fire breaking out that I had to like drive around and then rearrange what peaks I was doing. I was yeah. solo at that point. My girlfriend okay. had had to leave to go guide because she's okay. a guide and she had a, an important trip she needed to go guide. 
um, which actually worked out because now she's getting invited to go guide on Aconcagua, you know, one of the seven summits. So nice. it's like worth it. It was totally worth it for her to go guide with that company. Yeah. Um, so she was gone. My climbing partner, um, his sister, I think his sister got married. Um, so he was gone at the wedding. The and nerve. so I'm, I'm solo. Yeah. Right. What the heck? <laughs> Skip the wedding. Yeah. Um, and so he's gone. She's gone. No one else is able to link up with me. This fire breaks out. I'm already exhausted, right? I'm driving myself. I'm climbing mountains still. I'm exhausted. I have to try to figure out like, is it over? Like has this, cause you know, it's just billowing smoke in the sky, right? You yeah. don't know what's going on. Yeah. And so like, I'm trying to get people to send me some information and figure out what's going on. Like, is it all over? Is it already closed? Um, you know, the emotional burden of that after you're already like deep into the effort. Yeah. Um, so manage all that, do redo my logistics, figure out how I'm getting around this fire and then like hiking in to the next three peaks in the smoke, um, to, to try to beg them to make sure in case, like I said, the wind shifted and the fire moved into those peaks. Um, just like just emotional, just raw and emotional burden. And Mm. like, like having to like muster up the courage to like push out the door of the van and get started. Yeah. Um, and just kind of remember being in like a real low mm. and like started marching and the sun is going down at this point. Cause I've kind of lost the day. Um, and then that perfect golden hour hits and it's right as I'm rounding the corner to see one of the peaks that I'm going to be climbing and yeah. it catches, it catches the light in that Alpen glow. And just like at that same time, like I'd kind of been mulling through my own like fears and worries at that point and just like being real with it, like being present, like it's okay to feel this way. Yeah. It's all right that I feel lonely and I feel sad and I feel alone and I I don't feel motivated in this moment. And I feel just kind of burned out. Like, this is fine. I've been pushing myself hard Yeah. and then rounding the corner and like kind of coming to peace and then seeing that all kind of in this fluid moment, it just kind of like rounded the corner, like, okay, like (laughs) this is why we're here. Yeah. This is why we're here. Let's go. Oh man, it's like a um, and gift. Yeah, kind of. Yep, kind of, kind of the, kind of the same thing. Like, you know, a little, little reward from the mountains for, for sticking with it through that, that challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, and I've totally had the finish line experience you just described of like having gone deeper than I've ever gone and yeah. just being raw and like weeping. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've wept the final strides <laughs> in the finish lines before for sure. Nice. For yeah. sure. Nice. I, I, you know, and, and, and these are, con, you know, smaller contained efforts. So I just, I, I can imagine some of those that you've done and just, just, you know, you just get raw, you know, and you've got to, you've got to find that deep within you. If you, if you're, you know, a lot of people talk about your why, if that why is not grounded in there, when you're that raw, you, you know, you just kind of, eh. <laughs> it's not that important to push through all that, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody arrives at a place where they think it's a good idea to try to climb a hundred mountains faster <laughs> than anybody. If uh, you haven't put your why together, like yeah. if somebody, if somebody, you know, even if, even if I put a prize up for coming and climbing these mountains, it's like, if you're just doing it for some prize money, yeah. you're going to find an easier way to win prize money, you know? Yeah. 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 No kidding. <laughs> like there's, I no, agree. there's no way you're going to endure this for the, that kind of motivation. So it's got to be coming from, from a true desire within for sure. And yeah, the, yeah, the same with like 200 milers. It's like, that's gotta be, that's gotta be coming from someplace deep. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, that's, that's good. And, and so I, you know, I was thinking about uh, when we visited before. And then, so I, I, I see all your, your, uh, your bibs up there, uh, and, and, and listening to our, our, our previous one. And I called up your ultra sign up 
and you haven't run a race according to ultra sign up since since 2018 and that was part of our conversation last time because you decided you wanted to do a year of of no no racing and so um man i mean are you gonna race again what's up (laughs) Uh, tell you what, if you're a race director and you invite me to your race and comp my entry fee, I'll come race again. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Hey, I know some race directors, man. I'll have to, uh, you know, put it out there. S- s- send this episode out to every race director, you know, and pretty soon I'll have a full <laughs> racing schedule. I'll be like, dang it, David. <laughs> I have no time for FKTs. <laughs> no, man. I was just curious. Cause you know, uh, you, you seem to have found, you know, what, what you're, you know, you, you're just, you're just loving it. You're flowing. You're doing these things you're discovering new fkts and and it's cool and i was just i was just curious you know um with because it's a different it's a different thing to go out and do the races but um but it's some of the same too you know it's a different kind of uh um enjoyment so i was just wondering if you were if you would be able do you think you'd be able to find um that same fulfillment and joy in jumping into some of these races again i think i I don't know if it would be the same fulfillment okay right like that 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 would be a false equivalence. I think, I think I, I absolutely will race again and I'll find yeah. enjoyment in it because yeah. I do think racing serves, serves a wonderful purpose when you truly want to just like test your fitness, yeah. test your metal, like not have to worry. Like, did I pack the right gear? Not have to worry. Not that there isn't some gear packing as well, right. but it's like, you can kind of like set stuff up at aid stations and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but like, I want to test my fitness again, especially yeah. as I start to age more. It's like, yeah. I want to be like, Hey, do I still got it? Yeah. Um, do I still got a hundred miles in under 24 hours? Do I still got, you know, like I want to ask these questions and find out. Okay. Um, like so it. yeah, I'll absolutely race again. And then I also think I'll, I'll, I'll find some interest in the adventure racing scene mm. as well. Right. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, that's kind of up the alley of what I'm, I'm doing, you know, yeah. mixed Bas- basically what you've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll probably spend some time in the adventure racing world as well. Nice. And, and, and it's kind of, you know, some of that, they're, they're starting to come back in some of the bigger ones, you know, uh, you know, that putting on TV and everything. So there's a lot more of that that's, that's coming back. So yeah, that, that'd be cool, man. I'd, I'd love to watch you on TV doing that. <laughs> oh, uh, oh boy. I, I wasn't, I wasn't quite imagining the ones on TV, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows with this documentary coming out, they, I might get some phone calls. They might be yeah. like, Hey, we want to put you on a team with hey, this- with this really annoying other person, you think it'll be good drama. It'd be like a sur- survivor adventure. Cause you're having to survive running with, with this annoying person. <laughs> although, although maybe I should be humble. Maybe I'm the annoying one. I don't ah, know. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps talking, man. He's, he's, gonna... he's just, he's just always happy. He's just, he's, he's just so happy about everything. I hate him. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> and he wants to keep moving when we need to rest. It's okay. <laughs> oh man. No, man. I, and, 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 uh, I, I'm excited to see the documentary. Uh, I, you know, you, you sent me the trailer and it was, it was cool. I showed it to my wife. I was like, check it out. You know, how cool is this? And, and, uh, on it, they have some of those, uh, some of those spines that you're, you're crossing. Anyway, I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to, um, to kind of be, you know, experience it with you. And, uh, man, I hope it opens up some things, man. Uh, because I, just like before, when we talked, um, you, you, you're positive, you're encouraging and and you have a message that people need to hear. And if this helps get that message out, our world needs that stuff, man. Our world needs to hear about hard work, challenges and positive things. And so, man, anything I can do to help you get that message out and, and, you know, man, uh, you know, I, I got your back, dude. <laughs> 
I love that. I love that. No, it, it takes a village for sure. Right. I yeah. mean, the, there's a lot in this world that wants to spin the negative. Yeah. And so the world needs us out here working together to spin the positive. And yeah, likewise, I'm happy that I'm here, here on your show. I'm happy you're doing this thing. I'm happy that you're building a life around encouraging others and lifting them up and coaching them and inspiring people. So makes it really easy to want to want to participate and, and, and help spin you up too, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. And, and I'm going to ask this question because we, I kind of asked it a little bit and you're probably going to get asked 50 minutes. Like, what's next? Like, what are you, are you just going to keep, hitting FKTs? Are you going to go for 200 or 150? What, what's up? Well, I don't see myself stopping the FKTs yeah. anytime soon. I mean, it's just, there's too many cool things and not enough yeah. time. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, probably my old age will stop me from FKTs gotcha. um, at some point way down the road. Yeah. Um, and then I'll retire to just like walking the PCT or something simple like that. Just made a bunch of through hikers really angry. Um, nice. Oh man, you, viewership, your viewership from through hikers. just. Um, <laughs> You're like, I no, like that no. guy to, I don't like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, 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 nothing but respect to them. I'm just yeah. joking. I'm just joking. Yeah. But it is, it is something that I like consider for, for older age, Jason, like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to go out and walk 17 miles on a trail and look up at peaks that I've climbed before. <laughs> yeah. Like that sounds awesome when I'm 70. There um, you go. And again, like no disrespect to the people who do that. It's an amazing undertaking, a great way to experience the place that you, you, the country you live in um, yeah. or other, other people's countries too. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Anyways, this has been a pleasure. This has been an amazing pleasure. Well, I, I've enjoyed it, man. Thank you as always. And uh, looking forward to just, just, you know, watching what you're going to do in the future, man. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's stay in touch and uh, I'll, uh, I'll let you know when like the, the documentary gets released digitally. Yes. Um, so that way you can be one of the first people to first people to watch. Yeah. Man, if, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, maybe a film festival that's going to carry it will be near you. I'll keep you updated on that as well. So maybe yeah. you could go see it. That'd be See great, man. Festival. And I'll, I'll be putting it out there and, and I'll be watching it as soon as I can, brother. All right. Thank All right. you. Take care, Jason. <laughs> Bye. Microphone test. One, two, one, two. Testing the microphone. Sitting here all alone. Giving my dog a bone.